Welcome to Could Be Pretty Cool News, the podcast where we dive into the exciting world of creative entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Casey, and together we'll embark on a journey to explore this dynamic ecosystem from multiple angles, including academia, research and data, community building, and compelling personal narratives from creative entrepreneurs themselves. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and empowered as we uncover the stories and strategies behind building successful creative ventures. It's time to discover why the world of creative entrepreneurship could be pretty cool. Whether you're an emerging artist, an experienced designer, a digital innovator, or an ambitious entrepreneur, one truth remains constant. While talent is crucial, understanding the data and research about your industry is key to growth and success. At Could Be Pretty Cool News, one of our primary goals is to equip creators and owners of creative businesses with access to pertinent resources to help foster their future entrepreneurial endeavors. And today, we have the privilege of speaking with Michael Shreve from the Savannah College of Art and Design about their newly established Applied Research Department, SCAD-ASK, which is dedicated to generating both qualitative and quantitative data about a variety of creative industries and is now accessible for creative minds, just like yours. Hello, Michael. Thank you so much for being here today. First, I want you to let the people know who are you, what do you do, and how did you get into the position where you are today? Thank you so much, Casey, first of all, uh, for having me on. I'm really excited to talk to you about SCADASK today. And just by way of background, I am Michael Shreve. My title is Associate Vice President for Academic Services at SCAD. I started at SCAD on August 29th, 2011. And I've worked at the university in a variety of positions, in a regulatory compliance position, in the Office of Institutional Effectiveness. I had the opportunity to live abroad and I worked for an off-campus location at SCAD for about a year and a half. Then I came back to the States and I worked for quite a few years in the Office of the President. I served as Chief of Staff for about a year and a half. And now I'm pivoting and I'm back in academic services which is where I started at SCAD. And it definitely fits with my background, which is in uh, education policy and really on the writing research and on the data side. That's where I'm most comfortable really digging into the data, which has given me, I, I think, a great background to be able to pivot towards SCAD Ask and get this new, really exciting initiative up and running. Oh, wow. So you've done a lot within the SCAD ecosystem. How did SCAD ASK get started? Why did this initiative become an idea that seemed like a good fit for the university? Yeah. So in terms of the, the background, like a lot of things at SCAD, a lot of big initiatives, it started with an idea. It was an idea of our founder and president, Paula Wallace. And the idea is actually really simple. We do research at SCAD. We've done research at SCAD at the Nexus Business and Design for, for decades now. We think internally that not as many people as should know about that do know about it. So SCAD Ask is really the opportunity to leverage our student body, to leverage our faculty expertise, 
our internal design expertise, and our alumni community of tens of thousands of really excellent designers, business leaders, and researchers to tell that story about design research. And ultimately, that's really about understanding the needs of consumers, whether you're talking about a product, whether you're talking about uh, a consumer-recognized brand, whether it's a service line, a new uh, satellite brand uh, of a company. That's one of the things that we do really well at SCAD is do research to understand what those consumer needs are. And SCAD Ask is really an attempt more than anything else to tell that story and make that internal selling point really resonate for the world. So I'm really excited about it. That's really cool how you have like a built-in panel of students, alumni, and people that creative industries would want to know about and hear from. And so I'm curious, how does SCAD Ask actually facilitate the collection of the data that you all analyze? Yeah, great question. This is where we get into the weeds a little bit, which is uh, where I love to operate. We do basically three different types of data collection. We do survey administration, we'll convene um, focus groups like group interviews, and then we'll do exit style interviews. So we may pull attendees at a SCAD event and ask them about their thoughts on the nature of that content that they just saw, or maybe about their personal experiences as it relates to that subject. So it may be fashion, it may be luxury, it may be industrial design and transportation, or it could be the, the digital arts, visual effects, animation, interactive design, and game development. So those are the three primary ways we collect data. And then when we do our data collection analysis and writing, we always keep our audience front and center. And our audience actually are, are business executives. So we are writing our insights documents we call them executive summaries sometimes, really thinking first and foremost about how we can identify problems, generate a clear prompt, and then do the writing and analysis such that these business executives can make better business decisions, maybe understand more about the hiring needs and aspirations of Gen Z, for instance, but it's really for that business-minded uh, audience in mind. I, I can say, when I accidentally became an entrepreneur, I did not know how much data I would need for various things, whether it was pitching, whether it was filling out applications, people are asking, who's your target market? How do you know that they'll want this? What proof do you have? It's like, you have to really get good at finding credible sources and telling those data stories in a way that makes sense for you. So how do people find out about the, the things that SCAD Ask is publishing and putting out, and how can creative entrepreneurs um, in Atlanta, in the United States, all over the world, engage with this information that you all are putting out to help better our entrepreneurial careers? Yeah, I love this question. For you, for your listeners, and for members of the SCAD community and the business community to engage with us is through our new website. So we have launched a new website within the last couple of weeks. And I would love for you to visit it at scad.edu slash scadask. So every one of the insights documents that we finalize and publish, you can find it at this new website. And th this basically is a compendium of all of the problems that we tackle, all of the prompts that we generate uh, across our content verticals of business technology, sustainability, culture, and entertainment. We have more than 1,400 
alumni entrepreneurs from SCAD, graduates of SCAD, that we know about. And these alumni have collectively raised more than half a billion dollars. They're working in e-commerce design. They're working with architecture firms, with design firms, interior design firms. They're doing sustainability consulting. We have a graduate who is leading the future of air-to-air um, -air combat immersive reality training. Um, and these and other reasons um, are part of the reason that SCAD is the only art and design university to be included in Entrepreneur Magazine's ranking of the top universities for the study of entrepreneurship. Um, so I think the world is beginning to take note that at the intersection of business design and creativity, it's really all about research. And, and this is again why SCADAS exists to help us uncover this story and, and share it with the world. In an article published on LinkedIn, Ophir Deshawn, the president and CEO of Prime Business Office, emphasizes that while market research and data analysis are crucial for entrepreneurs, they shouldn't be the only tools that they rely upon. Deshawn advocates for the fusion of business intuition with technological tools, a combination that can spark unique ideas and elevate businesses to extraordinary heights. The journey of a creative entrepreneur is indeed quite nuanced. And on this show, we underscore the significance of mastering your industry's data insights. However, we also recognize the pivotal role intuition plays in shaping careers. After all, creativity isn't merely a numbers game. Learning more about the ways creatives harmoniously blend inspiration and innovation is precisely why we were thrilled to hear the compelling personal story of music composer Emily Sankofa. So I am Emily Sankofa, and I am an artist, film and TV composer, entrepreneur, and um, all of the other things that life presents to me. I come from a really creative family in general. Both of my parents were musicians. My mom played violin, my dad played bass guitar. I had always wanted to play drums, and then I went to sax, and then my intrigue with music and creating it evolved from there just by being around friends who were like making beats and stuff like that. So I went to Hampton with the idea of wanting to be a producer. And I quickly learned that you have to be strategic. So then I was like, okay, I'll get in by being an engineer. and kind of worked my way up through that. Like I had done this internship the summer after my freshman year at Hampton. And my mom said she saw me get up every day. I would just be working long hours. And she's constantly asking me, like, are they paying you? And I'm like, no, I just got to pay my dues. Just trust me. And she's like, no, you need to tell these people they need to be paying you. And I'm like, just stay out of it. Like, I know what I'm doing. And so it was like, she was being supportive because she continued to let me go. And she continued to encourage my music because even when I would like present stuff to her and show her what I was working on, she was very like excited and encouraged, but she was still in her mind trying to connect dots with regards to like, how is this gonna translate once you leave school? I think there's beauty in 
that stage. But I really think that depends on where you are in life. Because when I was doing that unpaid internship, I was in college. I was home for the summer. Fortunately, I had parents who were comfortable with me like working through that versus them shoving, like, you need to get a job. So some people can afford to not do the paid internship situation, and some people, that's not their, that's not their story. And what I will say is that if people are in spaces where they're doing unpaid work, there has to be a significant value being extracted from that. And that's not always something that people are going to give to you unless you know the questions to ask. And that's not verbally all the time. That's through your actions, too. Because when people start to see, okay, this person is serious or they see through your actions how they can rear and guide you things begin to reveal themselves that it's like it may feel like a struggle now but it makes sense for what's happening for you later and it sets you up in a way that like you couldn't see or you may have felt it but you don't know where it's leading one thing led to another and I started making music and composing my own music and I was like okay I guess this music thing like I'm gonna have to take that seriously then fast forward I'm doing that professionally today everybody is really just designing their life right now it's like the way I think about life in general every single thing it boils down to design and so how are you designing your life so that you could function at your best because design at the core is about the function of a thing does it make sense is it working it might not be pretty but is it working I think these terms that people come up with are very interesting. So what is the creator economy? A creator is not just art because it goes back to what I said earlier is everything is about design. And so the people who understand design the best to me are like a lot of the people who succeed the most because they're creating things that function and that can be used At a larger scale, entrepreneurs create businesses and everything at the foundation is a business. So sure, I'm in the creative economy or creator economy. I think anybody that creates something from nothing is a part of the creator economy. Has anybody defined what that is? I don't know if that's the way I think about it. We all create something in different disciplines. I guess we're all a part of the creator economy. Some just take more risks than others. You have to be disciplined enough to do it and to go through the experiments. So it's like being disciplined and consistent enough to get enough evidence that confirms whether or not you should move forward or pull back. It's really about the fundamentals and being disciplined and consistent enough to work through when you're not perceiving results, but they're happening and you have to stand it long enough to see the results show up on the outside. Because people even use the analogy of you planting a seed, you don't always see the process of it growing, but you just keep observing as you water it every day and as you make sure it's getting the sunlight and you're like, oh, it's coming up. So it's like all things in your life lead somewhere. And we spend this time here 
trying to figure out how the dots connect. And you just have to know what you're comfortable with and have clarity about where you're trying to go at least so that you can make sense of what works for you and what doesn't. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Remember, it's the blend of rigorous research and intuitive leaps that often lead to the most innovative solutions. So whether you're launching your startup, designing a product, or crafting a marketing strategy, don't forget to harness the power of both. Until next time, we encourage you to continue nurturing your process. Farewell and may all of your creative endeavors flourish. Could Be Pretty Cool News is a Could Be Pretty Cool original production that was workshopped as a part of the 2023 Google News Initiative pre-launch lab. This episode was edited by Trinity Jackson. Our executive producer and host is Casey Willis, and our production coordinator is Liz Moore. The original theme music was composed by Camille Stennis, and our cover art was designed by Aaliyah Johnson. Special thanks to our guests, Michael Sharif and Emily Sankofa. To find out more about them, you can visit our newsletter at couldbeprettycoolnews.substack.com. Thank you for listening.